I'm going to uh, ask you hard questions, so brace yourself. Uh, let's start with this one. It's not that hard. <laughs> uh, start with this one. Uh, finish this sentence. Just raise your hand if you think you know. God is blank. All right, good. Light's good. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So we learned that last night. And then we found out that light does something. What does light do? All right, Adam? It reveals things. So we put two and two together, and we got God is light. Light reveals. So we got God reveals things. We found out in First uh, John that God is revealing something in particular. He's revealing uh, the Lord Jesus who's showing that he is the source of real, true, abundant, eternal life. Uh, he is the source of real, true, abundant, eternal life. Here's um, Recently, I started thinking of it like this. Write this down if you're a note taker. Life that is as abundant as it is eternal. Think about that. This is life that is a, as abundant as it is eternal. Because if it comes from God, it's limitless, right? He's limitless. So if it's eternal, it's also just as abundant as it is eternal. Anyway, different than the life that we're used to. The life that we're used to are things like, oh, it's all based on what I own. And the Lord Jesus is like, um, your life does not consist in the abundance of the things that you possess. It's a totally different kind of life. Our life, we're thinking it's all about me, me, me. The Lord is like, how about seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. We're like, wow, that's not how I like to live. But God reveals this. He revealed it all the way back in Genesis when he said, let there be light. And he speaks light and truth and order and beauty into a formless and void, chaotic creation. He puts a sun in the sky and then plants on the ground because the light, uh, the light comes first before you can have the light. And he's revealing that he is a source of light. And then when he sent, the Father sent the Lord Jesus, he's revealing this real, true, abundant life. Well, that raises an interesting question. If the Lord Jesus is this light that's like shining in the darkness, that's revealing things, then it raises the question about darkness. Let's see. Nope, nope. Nope, Just want to like click ahead. Right now. Ah, there we go. All right. So let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll look at verses 3 and 4. About this message uh, from the Lord Jesus that he's this light shining in this darkness. And uh, what is he revealing in this case? All right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 says this, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, 
lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So that's our situation right there, that we are in the dark. That's like the starting point. That's where it all begins. There we are in the dark. That's us. So what does the light do when the Lord Jesus came to earth? What happened? Like, what is this? Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. What happened? Remember what light does. Light reveals things. So what happened is it revealed the reality of our situation. That we're in some kind of danger. Like, so there it is. You can see the sign. Do you know what that sign is? Because we've got some signs up here. Stop and 45 miles an hour. And now this sign, um, not rocket science, just rock science, yeah. Yeah, it's a sign for uh, falling rocks, right? So it reveals the reality of the situation. So this individual right here, did he? does that individual know what situation they're in right now? No. But when the light shines, now do they know what situation they're in? Yes. All right? So when the Lord Jesus came and was like, this is real, true, eternal light, knowing that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Like, real life is having this relationship with God, this fellowship with God. That's real life. And it reveals this reality of your situation, that you're in danger. There you are in this place with falling rocks. At this point, you didn't know that, but light reveals things. So when the Lord Jesus came, he revealed things. He said, look, uh, this is the reality of your situation. Like, this is what your situation really is like. Um, I need someone with a loud, strong voice. Andrew! As, see, I heard you all the way from up here, yes. Um, would you read Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 3? Ephesians 2, verse 3. Mm -hmm. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. All right, so in that verse, Paul's describing our condition. This is how he described them. You were children of wrath. That's what you were. In other words, you're in this place where you're in danger because you're under some wrath. All right? That, that's your position by default. All right? So by default, you are in darkness and that you're under this judgment. You're under this wrath. That's, where, that's our starting point. All right? That's our starting point. Now, the gospel reveals that danger. But in this verse, we've got another character, not just this character, the um, Christ, who is the image of God. We've got another character. All right. Who's the other character? Again, hopefully not rocket science. Who's the other character? According to the verse. Like, how does the verse um, describe this other character? Who's the other character? Thank you. Yes, the God of this age. So there's this other character, the, in this verse, uh, the Bible is referring to him this way, the God of this age, the God of this age. So we've got this other character. Now, this other character has a job, and this is the job, blinding 
blinding. That's the job. So it's kind of like this. We start out in the dark, but then the light shines. We begin to see that um, there's real life. There's real eternal life out there that I can have a relationship with God, but I'm in danger because I'm under wrath. Now, the God of this age is like, ooh, I don't like that. I don't like them knowing this uh, message. I don't like them having this idea. What I'm going to do, did you see what happened? You see it? I'm going to put a blindfold on them. All right, so think about it like this. You're in a dark room. There's a light that shines on the other side of the room. And you're like, ooh, I see the light. And I'm like, I would be really interested in finding my way over toward the light. And then someone's like, here, I'll help you put this on. And you're like, I know it was somewhere. What was that? Like, what happened? What is the light? Right? It's gone. Like, the God of this age has blinded the minds of less, um, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe. How has, uh, so the Bible refers to the God of this age in a couple different ways. Sometimes Satan, the devil that deceives them. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, references to an uh, individual who's in rebellion against God. An angel who wanted to be God, uh, was thrown down to earth, and now seeks to deceive. The God of this age has blinded the mind. He's deceiving. That's what he is, a great deceiver. Do you think of ways that Satan or the God of this age has blinded minds? Do you think of ways that he has like blinded minds? I can think of a bunch of ways, but can you think of like ways that Satan has like blinded minds so that they're not interested in the gospel? They're they don't want to see it. <laughs> Good. All right, that's a great one. We heard about that some this morning. This idea like atheism god doesn't exist um why are people so um adamant to try to say god doesn't do it's like to the point where it's ridiculous it's kind of like this it's kind of like saying um god doesn't exist and i hate him like oh how could you be so like vehement or venomous towards someone that doesn't exist i don't know but okay why is it so important that people want to believe that God does not exist? Why? They want to be their own God. That's right. They want to be their own God. They want to be accountable to his moral standard of perfection, right? They want to be their own God. I want to make up my own mind, do my own thing. Right? That's a great one. Can you think of another way or other way? Go ahead, Jane. As to why people don't believe in God. As to, yes, why they're blind to how Satan blinds the minds of people who do not believe. Oh, they're in love with their sin, and they're slaves to their sin. Absolutely, yes. Actually, I have that down. Slaves to sin. It, interestingly, um, like the more that a person gets involved in a sin, the more they want to be blinded to the truth, because right? it creates this kind of vicious cycle. Like um, I remember, uh, I was reading an interesting book that was describing some of this, and the guy was just saying. How, like, it just creates this cycle of, like, oh, I'm going to go out to the club. So I'm going to get drunk. That way, if I sleep with somebody, I won't even know that it hardly happened. 
Then when I wake up the next day and I have all these regrets and hangover, I'll just look forward to doing it all again later. And I just live this life of despair and it's a terrible existence. And I'm like, man, that's rough. But that's the idea of like just being kind of trapped in this sin of whether it's drunkenness or pornography or whatever it is, like you just get sucked into it and you want to be blinded. Like you, you want to think that's all there is so that you don't have to confront um, the guilt and shame of what you're doing. Good. <laughs> I think there's other things too, like whether it's just being distracted by things like, oh yeah, that light is important. But um, right now, you need to pursue a career. So why don't you invest all your time and energy into a career? You don't want to pursue that right now. You can do that later. It's a great way to be blinded. Um, the God of the has blinded the minds of those who do not uh, believe. I think other things, too, are just like, uh, again, the spirit of the age. Um, things like this. You know, it's not really like... Uh, if the important thing really isn't finding the truth, it's that you're searching for it. So you be a seeker, be a searcher. Like literally, like the important thing isn't finding the truth, just you be a person that searches for it. That's good enough, right? That's kind of a, a mentality a lot of times. Or even something as like, uh, something as um, we heard, oh, like truth is relative. You know, there's no such thing as absolute truth. It's your truth, my truth, and you know, I'll let you believe what you believe. I'll believe what I believe. Never the two will meet, right? That's the ways that the God of this age is blinding the minds of those who don't believe. It's like putting a blindfold on so that they don't want to search for that light. They don't want to see that real light. They want to be distracted from that actual truth. And um, that's what Satan is doing. He's putting this blindfold on, Um whether it's philosophical, like evolution, uh, like evolutionary thinking, like just saying like, um, just saying like uh, the material world is all there is. All you are is material. The choices that you make aren't your choices. They're the chemicals and the, uh, the reactions, the chemical reactions that are happening in your brain. You're not responsible. You're just an animal. So if you act like an animal, well, then fine, because that's what you really are. So you just be the animal, be the best animal you you can be, live your best life. But what he's doing is just blinding your eyes, like, like to the truth of that the real life is found in Jesus Christ. So it's like putting a blindfold on. And the same is really good at doing that. John chapter 3 reads this way. This is the condemnation that light has come into the world. So in our dark room, the light has shined. Like the Lord Jesus came to earth and shined the light that this is real life, knowing God and knowing him. But men love the darkness rather than light. They didn't want the light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. For everyone practices practicing evil hates the light. Why? Because light exposes things. Light reveals things. Lest their deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light. Why? So his deeds can be clearly seen because light reveals things. And they're seeking and found the truth. And they're clearly seen that they have been done in God. The people who want to stay in the dark, they don't want the truth. They don't want to see that. Why? Because their deeds are evil. So like um, they're remaining in that position because they're 
uh, deeds are evil. They don't want to understand the truth of it. Well, one of the things that happened when Christ came to this world is he revealed things. And one of the things that he revealed is this, that mankind is not basically good. How is it that when the Lord Jesus came to earth, he proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that mankind is not basically good? How did he do it? Or what happened? They killed him, right? They crucified him. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, we're going to kill him. No, we're going to make a public spectacle out of it. Like, we're going to shame him. Like, we're going to mutilate him. Like, we're going to kill him, and we're going to, like, make it ugly, right? But what it does is it reveals the real heart of man, that the Lord Jesus came and said, I'm going to give you life. I'm going to heal. I'm going to feed people. I'm going to go around doing good, and that's what he did. Help blind people see. Help lame people walk. And we said, I know what we're going to do with someone who is perfectly good. We're going to murder him. And that's what we did. Now, in that same act, like in that same thing where, where God proved that mankind is not basically good, also proved that we couldn't save ourselves. Well, how did God prove that we couldn't save ourselves? Well, if we could save ourselves, did the Lord Jesus have to die? No, because if, if I could be good enough, if I could do the right thing, if I could, like the Jewish people say, like, if I could live a, a great life, and then God will say, oh, I guess you're good enough, you make it. No, no, you're not good enough, you don't make it. Right? The death of the Lord Jesus put all that to rest, because if we could be good enough to please God, like, did he have to die? The answer is no. So work backwards, we can't be good enough to please God. He had to be a sacrifice to do it. It was the only way, right? So that's the light that was revealed, that men love darkness rather than light. Why? Their deeds are evil, and they want to make up their own religion. They want to make up their own way of getting to God. But the death of Christ disproves all that. It puts it all to rest. So here we are, and we have a choice now. Like, once the blindfold comes off and we see that there is light, we have a choice. Either we stay in the dark because our deeds are evil, or we make a choice to move to the light. What if I stay in the dark? Or what happens if I stay in the dark? Well, uh, the Bible reads this way, John 3. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He does not believe in the Son, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Well, that's because we're children of wrath. So the wrath of God abides on him. So if I stay in the dark, then it's a foregone conclusion. The wrath of God abides on me. Now, this is what that looks like. Because right now, all you can see is that I'm standing in the dark. But the problem is, like, I'm already a child of wrath. I'm already under condemnation because of the evil things I've done, because of the wickedness in my heart, because of the words I've said. I'm already under wrath. That's my default position. I'm already under judgment. The God of this age is blinding me. He's trying to keep me there. If I don't make a decision, then that's where I remain, and the judgment's going to fall. Okay. 
Well, that's what happens, right? You, under the judgment, like blindfold, not blindfold, that's what's going to happen, right? The judgment's going to fall. How do I get from darkness then to light? Like, how do I get from this side where I'm under wrath, the wrath that I deserve, and I know I deserve it because Christ died, to this side where I'm like, oh, I'm in the light. Like, how do I get to that place? The Bible uses the word believe. All right, he, who, um, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. The question is belief. Like, what do I believe? To go from darkness to light is believing on. Uh, so he believes in the Son has everlasting life. What am I believing about the Son? I'm believing in the son that when he died, he took the wrath that I deserve. Like, he died in my place. He was my substitute, my sacrifice. It wasn't something that I could do. It wasn't anything good that I've done. When he died, he took my place. And the Bible describes it this way. It says, like, if that's what, if, um, that's what I believe, like, I'm going to trust him. Like, his death for me. That's how I go from darkness to light. All right, I need a guy with a booming voice. Another booming voice. Yep. All right. Uh, First Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9. Uh, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You hear that? He's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That is like you were in darkness, but now you're out of it. You've left the darkness because you said, I believe. What do I believe? I believe that when Jesus died, he died for me. Why? Because I could not pay that price on my own. I deserve the wrath. I deserve the judgment, but he took it in my place. So that takes me from darkness True light. All right, I need one more booming voice. Yeah, all right. Um, Acts 26, 18. Acts 26, 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness for forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Yes, excellent. That's a great little like gospel in a nutshell. Like the great little like oh, what's the gospel in a nutshell? Well, that's a great gospel in a nutshell to, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power to open their eyes. Start with that to open their eyes. So the idea is like we're going to take the blindfold off. Like start with open their eyes. Why? In order to turn them from darkness to light. That is to go from the side of darkness to the side of light. A similar thing. From the power of Satan to the power of God. In the darkness, the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. That's the power of Satan. To the power of God, where they can see and understand that truth. That the truth of eternal light is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And by knowing him, that's how you have eternal life. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. How? Because I believe that when Jesus died, he took my place. What do I forget? Forgiveness of sins. And an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. Because when I go from darkness to light, now I'm going to be living in that light. I'm sanctified by faith. I'm sanctified, like living 
a holy life, like in that light, no longer doing the things that I did when I was in the darkness. Now I'm doing these things that are uh, approved by God, right? Like when I was in the darkness, I didn't want to go to the light because my deeds were evil. But anyone who is of the truth is okay with being in the light. Why? Because it, their deeds are exposed, that they're being seen, that they're done in God. So uh, it's a totally different kind of light. It's a totally different kind of light going from this darkness to this light. How do I get there? I believe. I just believe that when the Lord Jesus dies, he died for me. That's how I go from darkness to light. That's how I start this relationship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, what if I decide to do nothing? All right, if I decide to do nothing, where do I stay? In the dark. The only way I can go from darkness to light is I have to make a decision. If you have not made that decision, where are you? In the dark. All right, the only way to get out of that darkness is to make that decision, to believe that when Christ died, he took my place. The Bible describes it this way. You've gone from darkness to light, from under wrath, because I deserve that. That's my default position to a place where I have forgiveness for sin. This is fundamental. Right, it's foundational. Like we understand this, then we're going to understand this idea of how to be a light. We'll understand better this idea of uh, living in the light. And what we're going to do then in the next session is if I understand that I started in darkness and under wrath and blinded, and now I've moved to this position of light. When I look back at the darkness, how do I see it? And how do I understand it? And that's what we're going to look at more in the next session. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful again just for this truth from your word, that, uh, that the Lord Jesus is this light, and that he offers us life and forgiveness for sin, eternal, abundant, full, joyful life. And Lord, that um, we started a position of, of under wrath and in darkness and blinded, but we can have this truth and this light that we find in the Lord Jesus. Lord, help us to see that uh, gospel message clearly so that we can uh, not just articulate it, but understand the truth of it in our lives as we'll uh, see your word unfolding um, later on today, Lord willing. Thank you again, Lord, just for this time that we can share together and this truth that we can have real, true, abundant life in the person of the Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord, if there's anyone here who hasn't made that decision or is still in the dark, still under wrath, Lord, we pray that you would just bring these things to mind and uh, um, convict their hearts that, so that they might turn from a darkness and uh, go to light. Lord, we pray this in the name and for the glory of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, yeah. All right. You guys want to know who the winners are? All right. You will have a chance to go to the bathroom in like 10 minutes. So just hold it. A little bit longer. I promise. Um, okay, so what I'm going to have you do is, well, first I need the red team to come on up here. What? All the red team, both one and two.
All right, so red team one over here, red team two over here. 